Welcome to Understand Murdoch, a podcast from The Post and Courier, South Carolina's largest newspaper. Our award-winning reporters have spent more than a year digging into the Murdoch saga to bring you the latest news and in-depth analysis as we cover the story of drugs, deceit, and death in South Carolina's rural low country. And now we're here to provide quick daily updates on Alec Murdoch's highly anticipated double murder trial in Colleton County. I'm Eric Russell, and I'm here with Jocelyn Greshik. Jocelyn, Alec was on the stand today for about seven hours, and he faced an extensive cross-examination from lead prosecutor Creighton Waters for a vast majority of that time. Let's break that down. Sure. So Waters transitioned from discussing Alec's decade-long scheme of stealing from his clients at the law firm to asking about his addiction to prescription painkillers. Alec had testified earlier that his addiction began as a result from a knee injury playing college football, right? That's right. He said his addiction had gone on for about 20 years, but Waters wanted to get an idea today of how many pills Alec was taking around the time of the June 7th, 2021 killings. And what did he say? Well, Alec testified that in January of 2021, he was purchasing 30 milligram pills of slow-release oxycodone, and he'd take an average of 60 of those pills per day. That feels like a lot of opioids. Yeah, it is a massive amount. There's absolutely no question. But the discussion about his addiction led Alec to make another interesting admission. And what was that? Well, he launched into this story about a conversation he'd had with Paul after he had found some of his dad's pills. Apparently, Alec had promised Paul that he'd go to an inpatient rehab facility as soon as the family could deal with Paul's criminal charges relating to the 2019 fatal boat crash. And Waters asked Alec why today was the first time that he was hearing about this conversation. And what did Alec say? He said that after he was first arrested in September of 2021, his defense attorneys tried approaching prosecutors to meet with them, but they apparently refused. And what did Alec want to tell prosecutors in that potential meeting? Well, he testified he wanted to tell them everything he'd done with regard to stealing money. He said he was begging to meet with them but that they never returned his invitations. Now, I thought Alec had pleaded not guilty to financial crimes, though. Yeah, that's correct. You know, it was really quite the puzzling exchange, and Waters just seemed to dispute Alec's claims. Okay. I know Alec admitted on the stand yesterday to lying about being at the kennels with Maggie and Paul the night they were killed, and he gave the full details about what had actually happened. That's right. So Alec had told agents with the state law enforcement division from the get-go that he'd come back from work and rode around Moselle with Paul. Then Maggie had arrived home and the three of them ate dinner together. But yesterday on the stand, Alec had offered even more details about this part of his alibi. And Waters accused him of omitting them in his initial statements to investigators. And can you remind us some of those details? Sure. So Alec testified yesterday that when Maggie got home, he left Paul down at the shop and went up to the main house with her. 
He said he took a shower and changed into the clothes he was wearing when officers found him at the crime scene. And I think those last two details in particular are what Waters is really focused on, the shower and the clothing. And what, what do you mean by the ones he's really focused on? Well, Waters reminded jurors that Ellick had previously testified about how cooperative he'd been with investigators and how much information he said he had wanted to give them. But Ellick ultimately omitted some of the most crucial details. Waters also accused him of having the benefit of formulating this new story after listening to nearly five weeks of testimony in which reams of evidence were presented against him. And there's been a lot of focus on Ellick's outfit changes that day, as prosecutors have suggested he changed his clothes at least three separate times. They believe he changed into the shorts and t-shirt he was found in after killing Maggie and Paul. But Ellick is saying today that he showered and changed into these clothes before dinner. And I think Waters is just trying to understand why Ellick wouldn't have initially mentioned taking a shower if it's in fact the truth. Got it. So yesterday, Alec testified he actually did go down to the kennels. Did he expand on this timeline anymore today? He did. So Waters sort of worked to create a new timeline for jurors based on when Alec said he went down to the kennels. Okay, so let's break down the new timeline. Sure. So Ellick repeated what he had said yesterday, that Maggie had asked him after dinner to go with her to the kennels, but he initially declined. It was hot and muggy that night, and he'd already taken a shower, so she and Paul left. But Ellick said he very quickly changed his mind and ended up riding down there in a golf cart. He estimated the drive took probably two minutes. And we know Paul began filming the video on his phone at 8.44 p.m. Waters asked Ellick whether he had arrived at the kennels before or after the video began. Ellick said he believes he had gotten there beforehand, but it wouldn't have been for very long. He thinks he stayed sitting on the golf cart talking to Maggie for a few minutes, and then Paul began filming. In the video, the family's dog Bubba is seen running around with a chicken in his mouth, and then the video ends about a minute later at 8.45 p.m. Alex said it took a couple of seconds for him to get up from the golf cart, get the chicken away from Bubba, and put it up. He probably said bye to Maggie, which took a few more seconds, and then he got back in the golf cart and got out of there. Okay, so based on all of that, what is the new timeline that we are working with? Okay, so Waters established that Murdoch likely left the kennels by 8.47 p.m., so about 75 seconds after that video ends. It would have taken him two more minutes to get back to the main house in the golf cart, which means he arrived there at 8.49 p.m. And isn't that the same time prosecutors say both Maggie and Paul's phones stopped communicating? Yeah, that's their estimate of when the shooting actually occurred. And Ellick said today that he didn't hear any gunshots, nor were the dogs barking down at the kennels like someone they didn't recognize was nearby. Alec also said he didn't personally see anyone, nor did he see any weapons at the kennels when he was down there. Okay, and so this brings us to another important point. Didn't Alec offer up his theory on who killed his wife and son? He did. Waters brought up the 2019 boat crash. And remember that Paul was charged with 
drunkenly driving the boat when it crashed and 19-year-old Mallory Beach was killed and several others were injured. Ellick repeatedly told investigators about how Paul had been receiving threats on social media about the crash and what people were going to do to him. Ellick even mentioned the boat crash when he had first called 911. So did Alec testify today that he believes Mallory Beach's family or any of the other surviving passengers killed Paul or Maggie? No, he emphatically said he's sure no one who was actually on the boat that night had anything to do with their deaths. Instead, he believes the wrong person read the threats about Paul and decided to act. But I believe then and I believe today that the wrong person the wrong person saw and read that. Because I can tell you for a fact that the person or people who did what I saw on June the 7th, they hated Paul Murdoch and they had anger in their heart. And that is the only only reason that somebody could be mad at Paul Paul like that and hate him like that. Did Waters seem to buy this new theory? Absolutely not. Waters pointed out several problems. The supposed killer would have had to have known Paul would be down at the kennels that night and lying in wait until the exact moment Alec left the kennels and went inside the main house where he couldn't hear the gunshots. The supposed killer would also have to be very short. The defense team's expert witness had estimated five foot two. And they also would have had to have happened upon two different weapons, both of which are family owned. Remember a 300 blackout rifle and a 12 gauge shotgun, despite Alec saying he didn't see any weapons when he was at the kennels. Okay, I know prosecutors also made a big deal of the number of steps Alec's phone recorded right before he left to go to his mother's house in Almeida. Did Waters bring that up today? He did. So between 9.02 p.m. and 9.06 p.m., Alec's phone records 283 steps. And this is far more steps in a shorter time frame than at any other point throughout the day. And Waters asked Alec what he was doing in these four minutes, but all he said was that he was getting ready to leave for Almeida. And even when Waters pressed him, Alec still couldn't recall any specifics. Which is interesting because there are certain things Alex is able to remember quite well, right? That's right, and Waters pointed this out to jurors too. For instance, Alec had this very detailed explanation yesterday about pausing for about a minute in the driveway at Almeida. He said his phone had fallen into the crevice between his seat and the car's center console, and he was trying to fish it out. But you know, when it comes to recalling other important details about Alec's alibi that night, he seems to be unable to, according to Waters. Okay. And Waters focused yesterday on grilling Alec about the financial crimes he's also charged with. Did those come back up again today? Yeah, in bits and pieces. Toward the end of his cross, Waters named a bunch of Alec's family members, friends, colleagues, clients, and asked who among them he had lied to, and Alec admitted lying to Maggie and Paul, as well as his father, his brother, his sister-in-law and brother-in-law, his in-laws, several of his law partners, and at least 16 of his clients. 
and he admitted to lying to them for well over a decade. And then Waters questioned, you know, whether Ellick expected jurors to believe him now also. You know why people lie, Mr. Murdoch? Because they know they've done something wrong. For the most time, I do. And you've been able to lie quickly and easily and convincingly if you think it'll save your skin for well over a decade. Isn't that true? I have lied well over a decade. And you want this jury to believe a story manufactured to fit the evidence that you brought forth just yesterday after hearing this trial's worth of testimony. No, sir, that's not correct. So that all of that testimony seems like it took pretty much all day with the cross-examination. Did defense attorneys question Alec again? Yeah, so Jim Griffin did, but it was pretty brief. There was an interesting moment, though, when he once again asked Alec point blank if he had killed Maggie and Paul. Alec denied killing either of them, but this time he expanded his answer. He said that if he was truly feeling all the pressure that prosecutors say was building around him at the time of the slayings, he would have hurt himself before hurting either Maggie or Paul. Okay, thanks for that, Jocelyn. Um, we will be back at it next week for the kind of home stretch of the trial. Thanks. That's all we have for now. For more in-depth coverage of this trial, as well as the latest news on the Murdoch story at large, stay tuned to postandcourier.com slash Murdoch. You can find us on Twitter at Post and Courier. We would love if you could send questions, feedback, and tips to our Murdoch email address. That's Murdoch at postandcourier.com. And please, also take a minute to leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you next time.